Well, welcome to this uh, September 2018's Ask Your Herb Doctor. Um, I should say straight off the bat here, uh, after the engineer had mentioned the uh, the fact that we are not a government-supported radio station, KMUD Garberville 91.1 FM, um, thank goodness we're not government-supported. So uh, we're very much a free speech, free enterprise, and uh, funded by you guys, the public. Um, if you like the show then I would uh, definitely encourage you to visit the uh, website, www.kmed.org, and hit the red Donate Now button. Um, and we do actually get a tiny bit of money from CPB, a little over $100,000, but they're constantly threatening to take that away, and okay. that ain't enough. So okay. they do actually restrict a little of what we can say, but we got freedom like no yeah, place like else, no. and God bless it. Yeah, well, amen. And that's the, that's the whole reason that we do this radio show and so many other people are out of K-Mud's uh, range of artists do their independent shows, bringing you independent news, uh, giving you all sides, you know, both perspectives and uh, not just a steered perspective that you might typically get from any particular radio stations that have their own agendas. Um, so people, please do go ahead and donate. Um, I want to say please donate as much as you can. Uh, don't just be... Uh, stingy. Uh, appreciate that keeping something alive takes uh, more input than just uh, talking about things, but uh, actually putting some money up there really will help the uh, radio station stay on the air. Um, I've been doing this show for 15 years now, and uh, I've seen the uh, pledge drives come and go, and they always do manage to reach the target. So I think at this point in time, though, uh, we are about 15,000 short of the target, folks. So um, 65 is the number right now, and uh, 80, uh, 80 is the uh, the hope for. So uh, if you can, go ahead, please, and donate as much as you can, and uh, let's just keep moving forward into this uh, 20, coming up 2019. So I wanted to carry on from uh, last month's uh, discussion on critical thinking and uh, cover-up. Uh, like I said, we're an independent program independent radio station and um lots of times you'll listen to people in different articles exposing different things and uh for the large part you probably never heard of it before and so uh, it's very important to have free speech and that's certainly constitutionally one of the bedrocks of the uh, american declaration of independence and the constitution enshrining uh first and second amendment rights etc to keep everybody free and to enable uh, people to be heard, whether or not they sound like they're crazy or they have crazy ideas or what they're saying sounds so far out there that you could hardly believe it. But that's the truth of it. <laughs> truth is stranger than fiction sometimes. Um, so last month we discussed uh, the beginning of critical thinking and how uh, different trials that are done, and we're talking about med medicine here at this point, but it does uh, run into several other subjects, but Medicine's the uh, subject that we speak on uh, for our radio show. And lots of clinical trials and lots of searchable publications found on the Internet. Anyone can go to uh, PubMed, for example. Uh, uh, there's the National Library uh, databases and many other portals that will have clinical trials. And the uh, very fact that some of these clinical trials... Um, as done by people that have an agenda. Uh, so whether or not <clears throat> we want to believe that the drug companies have their own vested interests, first and foremost, and that less than stellar results are covered up, 
Uh, I think it's undeniable. I think it's just a fact of life that there is something to be sold and sometimes the cost uh, is not uh, too high. So when drugs come out and then they're pulled after a couple of years after causing heart attacks or raised blood pressure or other serious events, um, that does happen and we have plenty of uh, evidence behind that. But in the meantime, billions and billions of dollars have been made and the punitive damages in lawsuits doesn't really count for, for much against the billions that are made in profit. So whilst the internet is an excellent source of information, you have to be very um, measured uh, in your forming opinions about things and for every good article you're going to find some bad articles and so it does take a, a modicum of science and uh, definite intelligent pursuit in that subject to be able to filter it out sometimes because sometimes they're so well written that it's difficult to uh, discern the truth from the fabrications. Well, Once again we're going to be joined by uh, Dr. Raymond Pete and um, have his wealth of experience on the matter and uh, I think without further ado Dr. Pete are you with us? Yes. Well thanks so much for joining us again. Um, as always if you would just give an outline of your academic uh, professional background so that people uh, can understand where you come from. Um, I was um, a linguistics teacher uh, for a while before I decided to uh, get a PhD in biology in 1968 and enrolled at University of Oregon in the biology department and worked there for uh, four years uh, on reproductive physiology, largely. Uh, and uh, right after that, then, I went back to my uh, interest in linguistics, philosophy, and, and consciousness, uh, how, how the brain knows the world, uh, and uh, worked uh, uh, on a book on the uh, uh, brain physiology. Uh, uh, the, the book uh, title was uh, uh, the, the, uh, what was it? Uh, 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 the um, I can't remember it right now. Okay, well, I'm sure you will in a moment. But... Anyway, it was about brain brain physiology and reviewing uh, a lot of Russian uh, research uh, and. Uh, uh, after I finished with that, then I got involved in, in doing nutrition counseling. Uh, and uh, uh, so there has been a lot of uh, uh, interest in uh, uh, neurological, psychological effects of hormones and, and nutrition. Yeah. Okay. I think in that, uh, the very uh, pertinent application um, on a one-to-one -one basis in terms of counseling people and seeing people uh, where they are when they first visit you and then taking advice and recommendations uh, and suggestions of how better to change your lifestyle. Uh, probably nothing more evidence-based than that. And that leads me on to the um, evidence-based medicine. Um, I know that is a, uh, a phrase that's been around now for, for some time and I think is touted as a a secure... Uh, if you like, uh, a secure uh, yeah, rationale for what it is they're trying to tell you or sell you. Um, but as we've mentioned before, in uh, medicine and in trials, um, I know it sounds very glib, but it's, I think it's just the way, the way it is. You know, Big corporate interests have a lot to lose in getting things uh, 
uh, out of their control and steering uh, medicine uh, is extremely important in terms of the ideology behind it. So for, for evidence-based medicine, it depends entirely on a reliable base of evidence, and this is the studies that are done. And um, if the evidence base is tampered with uh, and or paid for, uh, then evidence-based medicine as a science is pretty useless. Um, we have things like financial conflicts of interests um, and then actually selling the science as a marketing initiative uh, in terms of the uh, outreach, in terms of meeting and uh, capturing an audience. And then the ideology behind it. I know that you've talked many times about the ideology on the ideological drive behind things whether it's politics or, or whether indeed it is science and medicines um you know it's, it's the revelation of medicine and uh, i know you mentioned in the past here and i know you don't really have too much stock in it because you've provided other evidence to um, support the contrary thinking but receptor-based uh, medicine and then there's the whole cancer um targeted gene uh cancer approach um what do you what do you think about evidence-based medicine in terms of uh, what you've found in the many or at least four decades that uh, you've been looking at what you've been told or what we've been told and what you've uh, certainly found out is contrary to it and why that's happened? Um, a few hundred years ago, when there was an established religion, uh, it determined what people. Uh, could believe philosophically, uh, and uh, as uh, science, physics, and biology uh, took over uh, from the established religion, they became the established religion in its place, uh, and they tell the public, uh, the, uh, the people in the universities and, and uh, the established research institutions uh, under the control often of the government, uh, they tell the public what they should believe exactly the way the medieval church used to uh, absolutely require uh, conforming belief. Um, that They don't burn you now for <laughs> descending from science, but uh, it's almost... That Metaphorically, they, they might. <laughs> yeah, they kick you out of uh, universities yeah. and uh, any any good social position if you really dissent. Uh, the, um, the authoritarian uh, aspect of medicine uh, peaked uh, when this idea of, of uh, evidence-based medicine based on these big uh, multi-million dollar, uh, multi-year studies uh, uh, became at least a nominal standard. Uh, most, most of what doctors do has nothing to do with that, but uh, it's, a, it's a way of enforcing uh, certain practices uh, and kicking out of medicine the doctors who don't want to conform to those, those big practices. Uh, and uh, it has to be either the giant industry or the government working with those right. industries to fund mm -hmm. these uh, huge multi-institutional, multi-year uh, research projects. And um, many of 
of these major studies, um, uh, for example, in AIDS drugs, uh, the corruption uh, has been documented. Uh, Some of the institutions participating simply put in phony information to support the sale uh, of the drugs they wanted to sell. And this is the collusion, and this is between such things as the government and their ability to silence opposition and uh, the corporations that have the uh, financial uh, wherewithal to pull this off. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, um, in many ways, the, um, the institutions have controlled the governments and the universities, hmm. and that, that there's a long tradition of that. Uh, at, at one time, the land-grant colleges uh, were a, a way of letting science help the farmers and uh, the county extension agents and uh, Department of Agriculture and such uh, for a time actually put out useful information to the public but they were soon taken over by the industries and uh, now uh, for example over at Oregon State University, which was land-grant university, the insecticide and herbicide companies and the radiation industry really set the tone for what they're doing over there. Okay. Uh, I wanted to uh, just bring up again, I've mentioned this several times in several previous shows, that the Hippocratic Oath is something that doctors all take on graduation and uh, swear to defend, uh, and the first do-no-harm rule. I wanted to uh, talk about several specific um, drugs, (coughs) excuse me, uh, and classes of drugs, and uh, just really just to bring it to the listener's attention that these things are no longer buried, no longer hidden. They are public knowledge. They've become public knowledge in the last 10 years, 15 years, maybe 20. Um, But yet they're still very much part of the medical dispensary and millions and millions of people are still using these. And again, I think this... uh, I think the... um, the mind is a very, uh, very difficult thing to re-educate actually with a lot of people I think we go through uh, school most of us go through school uh, and or college and university and we study different subjects and we you know we're I don't want to say this I sound too too much like a fatalist but we're force fed information or the information that we are taught and we are reading is uh, steered by certain interests and this is um, what we come to understand as the way it is and it was very much the same with me when I was studying herbal medicine uh, in the degree that I did there in England. All of the microbiology was standard medical microbiology, uh, the pathology again, standard pathology, tissue uh, pathology, um, and medicine per se was standard medicine and the drugs that we were taught about and the, the class of uh, mode of action, etc., etc. It was all based on standard medical science. And so getting good information and finding um, finding the truth out about certain things takes a bit of work and it's actually a a level of undoing the brainwashing uh, because when I first got speaking to you uh, almost 10 years ago some of the things that you were saying at the time shocked me I couldn't actually believe I was hearing it and it sounded so uh, extraordinary that I had to listen to it because it was so extraordinary but I was a little skeptical to begin with because it sounded so different and I think that's the very thing that people have to understand they have to unlearn 
what it is that they've been processed with in terms of schooling and education because of the way that it's driven. And so looking at uh, drugs in particular, I just wanted to cover a few of those drugs with you. And I know you've got a wealth of experience behind understanding uh, both the drugs mode of action and you have a very different um, opinion about the uh, cause, if you like, of the disease for which that drug may be prescribed and actually have a good understanding of the drug's action itself and, and a very good uh, way of refuting its, uh, its, its, its uh, existence, you know, or its, uh, uh, its prescription. And so I guess let's just start by saying uh, KMUD Gov or 91.1 FM from 7.30 until the end of the show at 8 o'clock. Uh, people are invited to call in with questions either related or unrelated to this month's uh, second part uh, uh, comment commentary on uh, cover-up and collusion and critical thinking. Uh, and Dr. Raymond P is our guest. And from 7.30 until the end of the show, uh, people are invited to call in with questions either related or unrelated to the show's topic. And the number here is in the area 707-923-3911. And just to uh, remind people that we are in the last hour of the pledge drive that's been running. And we need more money. And so please donate. Uh, go to the website www.kmud.org and hit the donate button and uh, please donate as much as you can uh, I know we're about 15,000 short of the target at the moment um, so let's just close that gap and then engineer Mike I think you wanted to do you want to say something or were you just oh well we have a thank you but it's an anonymous thank you I was just waving the money to show you so you'd get a little oh, okay. voice. <laughs> Yay, okay. thank you anonymous people we love you he's got some greenbacks <laughs> well I know who it is oh, okay we love you even more because I know who you are Okay, so 707-923-3911 to phone in for pledging uh, and also for people who want to ask questions. And we do get people from all over. Uh, we've had people out of the States uh, regularly. Uh, so people, uh, go ahead, please, and do donate whatever you can. If we can make this collection around the world, I'm sure we can get this 15,000 done. Um, so, Dr. P, I wanted just to open up um, the uh, repeated uh, example of SSRIs. Uh, and these commonly prescribed antidepressants and the fact that they increase quite clearly in terms of their side effects and their uh, label warnings, the risk of suicide, violence and homicide at all ages. And that in 2007, um, the FDA admitted that SSRIs can cause madness at all ages and that the drugs are very dangerous, otherwise daily monitoring wouldn't be needed for them. Um, now, I looked earlier on and I was, uh, I was drawn to an article, actually, it was written in 1960, and it was um, a study done on ciproheptadine and uh, how beneficial ciproheptadine was. <clears throat> and it's actually an anti-serotonin agent. So I find it so strange that here we, here we are in 2018 and have been for the last decade at least, uh, been prescribed SSRIs, which is a very drug that would block the uptake of serotonin making it more available when actually ciproheptadine is an anti-serotonin agent and the 1960s article uh, which was so positively in favor of blocking um, serotonin how it gave the positive benefits of it how the SSRIs could even stand against that I don't uh, what, what's your view of SSRIs and how they uh, how they are working and why on earth they are prescribed they talk about different generations of the antidepressants, and the first generation was the uh, uh, 
uh, amino oxidase inhibitors uh, that um, in, increased your adrenaline along, along with the uh, dopamine and uh-huh. serotonin. And uh, the, um, that first generation, uh, the patents expired, and they wanted to sell new products. Uh, they, um, they had to find reasons for uh, getting people to stop those which often worked very well and to move on to a new product. And uh, the, after the first two generations patents had expired, they uh, had to, to come up with something really new. And, and the, um, uh, there, there were various reasons for uh, 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 switching serotonin uh, from a, a problem. For example, uh, the carcinoid tumor that produces uh, lots of serotonin, usually in the intestine, sometimes in the lungs, uh, uh, that produced uh, insanity, depression, mania, and lots of mental symptoms that in the 50s people knew, as soon as they knew about serotonin, they knew it was a a dangerous substance. But uh, when following the uh, uh, MAO, monoamino oxidase inhibitors, which worked, uh, they needed to, to come up with something to build on that. And they said, well, it must have been the serotonin increase uh, produced by the first generation. And so we've got a new way to increase the serotonin. And actually, uh, a study of one of these SSRIs, so-called, that um, they were going to uh, try to treat vicious dogs uh, by uh, in- increasing their serotonin, supposedly, which was uh, the serenity and, and peacefulness and bliss uh, uh, transmitter. But uh, they, they found that the, the aggressive, vicious dogs actually had high serotonin, and when they gave it the SSRI, its serotonin went down as it became a pleasant dog. And so something which has been sold to millions of people to increase their serotonin, uh, it actually sometimes does have good effects, but uh, they're most likely by lowering serotonin. Mm. Because it was uh, touted originally as a treatment for depression, but you mentioned serotonin a lot of times as an inflammatory molecule, and you always uh, advocate uh, blocking exposure to it yeah, it, it's known to cause blood clotting, spasms of, of coronary arteries, other arteries, uh, uh, inflammation. Uh, 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 the latest horrible thing is, is that it's a major factor in osteoporosis. Uh, just the excess serotonin produced by uh, an inflamed intestine uh-huh. creates osteoporosis, but that's one of the side effects of drugs that increase it. I uh, Again, when I was looking at uh, material with which to substantiate the uh, claims here, as it were, against uh, these well-loved drugs, um, a 1975 article, uh, it was actually a Polish journal of pharmacolo- pharmacological, ph- or pharmacological pharmacy, um, had an article here that uh, read, anti-serotonin agents 
parentheses, ciprohepatidine, in the treatment of migraine connects the gut to the formation of migraine in this article. And you've long mentioned um, serotonin in the gut as an inflammatory mediator and that the gut related to migraines and headache and spasm is well established, but that I think these days most people don't even really associate their gut and their bowel movement with their with their headache or with their, you know, mental processes? Uh, that's been a, a major project of, of the medical industry in the 19th century and earlier. Uh, the intestine was a, a central part of right. medical understanding of the body, uh-huh. right at the core of how the body works. Right. But then uh, with uh, the beginning of organized so-called scientific medicine, mm-hmm. there was a campaign to wean doctors away from the use of laxatives and enemas, right. uh, claiming that... Seen as too primitive, huh? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and the, they taught doctors that they were dangerous, addictive, yeah. uh, 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 all, all kinds of uh, uh, ways to incriminate uh, and uh, just move doctors into more mechanical treatment. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, in fact... Uh, right, if, if you start up in the middle 19th century to the, the more recent uh, endotoxin studies starting 20 or 30 years ago, uh, you see that they were on the right track in the 19th century, and that uh, now it's turning out that, that endotoxin, serotonin, histamine uh, are uh, major things in in everything that goes wrong in the organism it's interesting you mentioned that about um uh cascara and i just wanted to mention that, that to, to substantiate that uh cascara and cassia both the uh, anthraquinone uh containing herbs that are laxative have laxative properties uh, improve bowel movement relieve constipation and by doing so uh, benefit the person using it because endotoxin formation from constipation has such negative sequelae that um, there's almost a, almost a campaign against manufacturers that produce these products because they've they've gotten such a bad uh, a bad press and they are cast in such a bad light. Well, <laughs> that's actually an FDA conspiracy. Right. Well, they've, that's they've... the very people you've hit the nail on the head. Um, I won't go any further than that, but uh, that was very much uh, two of the plants that were in question. Uh, they've, they've gone through a series of natural substances, uh, uh, killing the, the general access to them as far as possible and assigning uh, all rights to one company, which then increases the price a hundredfold yeah. and uh, basically making it impossible to use the cheap natural yeah. herbal form yeah and, and it, it's it. not it's not conspiracy at all it's actually the truth folks but um it, like i said truth is always stranger than fiction let me uh, let me put you on pause though for a minute dr Pete, because we have two people here uh lined up here to ask questions so let's take this first call a call away from and what's your question um from new york new york state okay, and welcome. um my question it's actually a follow-up question from a previous show i had a um Skin rash and a couple of things Dr. Pete mentioned was one, the dry CO2, but the uh, the assault baths too, which I've been doing. It's gotten a lot better, but there's two things I added that I just wanted to get your commentary on. One, probiotics. Uh, I've been doing the K and the carrots, and I just don't know that that does enough to build the right bacteria, given that theoretically, even if no bacteria is ideal, I don't think it's practical. 
And I think from reading in one of your uh, papers, Mechnikov, about Mechnikov, he said inflammation is an exaggeration of the aging process, or maybe those are your words, and that he consumed fermented food and believed that proper bacteria was the key to longevity. So in light of that, I mean, I think the probiotics actually has been helpful to me. I took about 15 strains, and maybe you haven't had the, maybe there hasn't been enough science done on it, but it seems to me that it's a positive. So that's one. And the second thing I added was thymus gland and adrenal gland and hypothalamus, desiccated, low heat, grass-fed animals. And I think that's helped, too, because I think you mentioned the first thing that happens if you have a cortisol um, spike on a regular basis is, you know, your thymus gland goes first, then your muscles go. And if you're older, over 50, it, you know, that to me seems like you never know whether your thymus gland's gone, but... I figured, why not take that? So those I've added those two things. The other thing topically, the uh, third one is vitamin E from a capsule and COQ10 squeezed out of a capsule onto the skin area, sort of around it. I don't know whether you think those are good ideas or whether you have anything else to try to clear the thing up completely. Okay, well, let's, let's get around to those three questions. Thanks for your, uh, asking the questions. Uh, so, Dr. Pete, probiotics first. Let's get your take on probiotics and then move through uh, the glandulars and the vitamin E, CoQ10. And we do have three more callers uh, queued up here. So let's get started with this. Yeah, getting the the ideal intestinal uh, flora would, would be extremely important. It's very hard to do, though. And so it takes a lot of trial and error. Uh, yogurt works for lots of people, but sometimes it takes... Uh, other bacteria. Um, uh, my experience is, is that the antibiotic uh, substances produced by uh, Bacillus subtilis mm-hmm. and the Echinoformis, uh, uh, like uh, Echinoformis, I think it is, or Lichenoformis, I guess. Uh, but anyway, the, the bacteria that produce uh, antibiotic substances uh, are very helpful, and the bacteriophage of virus that kills specific uh, bacteria, including some of them kill E. coli and some of the others that can be toxic. So, and these uh, bacteriophages are available? Are uh, they? Uh, yeah, yeah, a few of them are available in the um, uh, Life Extension okay. Foundation, for example, but there are other companies making a, a bigger variety of them now available, but uh, most of the, the work for the last 70 years has been in Eastern Europe, and it's just now catching on in the U.S. Okay, and then what about glandulars? Um, uh, they are at least good nutrition, <laughs> and uh, some of them do have some active agents, like adrenal cortex contains a fair amount of, of um, pregnenolone. Oh, there you go. Okay, I know you're a good supporter of pregnenolone. And then uh, I know you do uh, support vitamin E juice, and uh, what do you have to say about vitamin E and CoQ10 as a cutaneous uh, uh, treatment? Um, uh, very good. They're poorly absorbed, but any you do absorb is very helpful. Okay. All right, well, they, there's that one. Let's take the next uh, caller. Call away from, and what's your question? Um, i got a, a comment and a question. Um, you, you were saying something about migraine um, headaches um, mm-hmm. and pertaining to the gut yeah um so what was your was there a suggestion there to keep the bowels like enemas and that sort of thing um yeah. would help with yeah. uh migraine headaches yeah definitely the, the whole endotoxin uh issue surrounding uh poor 
gut motility uh, is responsible for inflammation and that inflammation is picked up in the intestine and that actually causes a uh, uh, like a reflex uh, a reflex action uh, for migraine triggering migraines in terms of uh, vasoconstriction dr pete uh, let me just clarify your understanding of migraines in relation to serotonin and endotoxin uh, when your blood sugar is low your intestine is very touchy and has exaggerated reflexes so that uh, stretching it or bulging it with gas or, or with constipation uh, or, or chemical inflammation from the, from the endotoxin and, and other chemicals produced by the bacteria, any of those irritations is exaggerated when your blood sugar is low. And uh, a good diet, uh, uh, making sure your thyroid function is good to stabilize your blood sugar, uh, can greatly reduce the incidence of, of migraines by, uh, because your intestine uh, loses that hypersensitivity when your blood sugar is good. Okay, and then Carla, did you um, did you have a question specifically for? I have a comment regarding comment, you guys were saying yeah. we we're talking about psychotropic drugs or antidepressants mm -hmm. um, and violence. And my comment to you is, um, I was had a radio program years about two or three years ago. They listed seventy five people that did mass murders, and they listed the drugs that they were on, or it just come off of, or it just started. There's the psychotropic drugs, um, antidepressants, and um, uh, mass shootings, um, whether it be a, a knives, bludgeoned, or whatever. They named all the people and the drugs that they are on. Mm -hmm. And the Alphabet Channel news channels briefly said something about it, but then probably pushed it under the carpet, mainly because of the pharmaceutical companies probably put pressure on people not to... Yeah. You know, this, I'm guessing. I don't even know, but but there is a, obviously a correlation with antidepressants and violence, yeah. is what you guys are saying. Well, yeah, correct? that's like I mentioned. The FDA actually making a statement about this, a public statement in 2007. <clears throat> that's interesting that they yeah. said it, and 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 it's not that. It, 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 my uh, point is, they were they're blaming the gun, but it's not the gun; it's the person yeah, not at all, behind exactly. the gun. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Okay, so we do have one more uh, caller on the air. Hang on, hang on a second. I just wanted to say that um, uh, we're on the air live, and uh, this is Ask Your Web Doctor. So, uh, if you want to call KMUD Garberville, uh, our number here is seven zero seven nine two three three nine one one, and Doctor Pete is our long term guest. And um, so either questions surrounding or, uh, you know, even unrelated to this month's show, uh, go ahead and call. And please do donate. Um, it's a very independent radio station. There really aren't too many like this, uh, especially across the States. Uh, in, the, in the days when I was uh, a teenager, there was a radio station called Radio Caroline, and they were in the English Channel, and they were a very independent radio station. They were just floating out there on their boat, and they had a big transmitter. Uh, and these kind of people, you know what? You've got to give them space, and free speech is very important. You know, let's not quash it. Let's keep it alive, because there's always more than one side to an argument, and sometimes hearing that other side might just save your life. So that's the reason for having Dr. Pete on the show and running the monthly shows that we do. So please visit the website, kmud.org, and donate some money now. We're still about 15000 short, and the show is uh, closes at 8 o'clock, and that's when the pledge drive closes. So please do donate some money. Keep us going. Um, so, Dr. Pete, uh, we do have another caller on the line, so let me just get the engineer back Hello? in. Hi, are you there? 
Good. Yes. Where, where are you from, Colin? What's your question? I'm from London, Ontario, Canada. Okay, what's your and question? And I've, I've been a listener for a little while, and I've heard you to talk about various government agencies, such as the CIA, FBI, and some other ones. And uh, I've also seen an, uh, some interesting threads on the repeat form. And uh, I was wondering what you, who you feel or uh, what group is at the top of the pyramid of world power. <laughs> Interesting. Well, Dr. Pete, do you want to say anything to that? Do you have any kind of opinion who might be on top or is it just a generalized uh, mania for control? Um, I, yeah, generally uh, <laughs> people with, with uh, poor judgment and bad information are in control. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Let's let's leave it at that. And uh, in terms of not for, not for not wanting to name names, but uh, I think the whole thing is such an embroiled uh, soup of just deceit and dishonesty and poor judgment, like you say. And it's unfortunate. It's a you know it's a mixture of greed and money and power. And it's always been it's always been sold that it's going to be the problem that we live with. And so, um, you know, there's no surprise. It's ever since, ever since Adam and Eve. Okay, but well the bells, the bells light, bells ringing and the, and the light's flashing. So, um, All right. Thanks. Okay, now you're welcome. Thanks for calling in. Okay, so we have another caller. Caller, you're on the air. Where are you from? What's your question? Okay, that caller's out there somewhere in the... Uh, Engineer, can okay, you... Okay, please call back. Yeah, go, go ahead and call back. Okay, so um, just to wrap up the whole SSRI thing, which had a lot of press uh, and massive amounts of sales and lots of people being prescribed it, the very fact that serotonin is an inflammatory molecule uh, involved with dysbiosis and poor bowel function, etc., etc., responsible for things like migraine headaches, amongst many other things, the fact that they produce an SSRI is kind of madness right there. So all you have to do is look at serotonin and uh, look at the negative effects of serotonin and get over the fact that they're painting it in this uh, blissful, peaceful hormone-type uh, light because that's not the way serotonin is. But that's just misinformation again, you see. So you have to be very careful where you get your information from and see who's selling it because uh, you sometimes find there's a, a very biased uh, approach that they're taking. Okay, so uh, moving on from SSRIs, let's just talk about uh, some other compounds which uh, I think we're all force-fed and advertised and are big money makers, but unfortunately they're around for a long time before they become discontinued or withdrawn from the market because of their side effects. Um, I think some of these things that I think about uh, are going to be... Uh, <laughs> I know we've mentioned the uh, estrogens, uh, and the xenoestrogens that are in the uh, environment that have been linked to cancers and other inflammatory uh, degenerative processes. Um, but what would you quickly say, because I know we've got other things to cover here, uh, what would you quickly say about estrogens? Um, uh, that they synergize with radiation and uh, uh, stress, uh, that estrogen is is uh, sort of an ultimate uh, stress-related hormone like histamine and serotonin, uh -huh. and they have their place in tissue renewal, but that right. place should be limited to a few hours following uh, any trauma or, or tissue in 
injury. Right. Now you've always met, you've always said that uh, really estrogen's main function, uh, I think, is uh, from an inflammatory point of view for implantation uh, during. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and the same thing when any tissue is is injured, it helps to uh, activate the, the cell renewal process. But if that continues, yeah. then the cell renewal turns into a tumor. Or right. Right, and there's lots of uh, estrogen-dependent uh, or estrogen-promoted tumours. I wanted just to quickly say, because we do have another couple of callers here, um, I looked at a, <laughs> an advert, if you like, uh, for a product called Dell Estrogen. Uh, this was a prescribing information as of November 2017, and I was quite uh, quite pleased and shocked to see that uh, it said in pretty big, bold capital letters, estrogens increase the risk of endometrial cancer. It wasn't just that. Uh, there was a big list of other uh, issues associated with it, but yet they are uh, advertising this product and uh, quite blatantly telling you that it is actually uh, a fairly big promoter of endometrial cancer. And the publications in the medical journals over the years have mm. uh, claimed that estrogen is good for more than 200 yeah. different disease conditions, all of which were proved false. Yeah, it's, it's almost like... Uh, tell the biggest lie and you have the greatest chance of getting away from it uh, or, or, or rather be the most blatant and people I, I think un unfortunately are just in a state at this point in time where they just don't really want to hear too much more because it's just too shocking and so when they they, they freely tell you that these things cause cancer or they cause you know heart attack or stroke or increased risk of death <laughs> I think unfortunately most people are not really uh, serious enough about uh, cri being critically th thinking about it well anyway let's get the next uh, caller caller you're on the airway from and what's your question uh, from long island and my question is uh, um the b vitamins most b vitamins when you take them um separately they're not in the right ratio and they're all synthetic i was thinking that like you mentioned brewer's yeast in the past mm -hmm. that nutritional yeast which i think has less estrogen has the B vitamins in sort of a natural ratio and relationship plus selenium in bioavailable form and being in the proper proportion, it would be, you know, may not be as large a dosage, but it seems like it would be a much better way to go for the body to absorb them and help with digestion and all other aspects when in the right form. I would say this uh, right off the bat, uh, Dr. Pete does not, uh, he really is not a very big uh, advocate for vitamins per se, and he's much more based on his food. But if you have to take any kind of vitamins, Dr. Pete, knowing what you know about their manufacturing process, etc., uh, what would you have to say about uh, vitamins that we think might be okay for you uh, and or what do you have to say about nutritional yeast? Um, uh, nutritional yeast does have a, a good range of the B vitamins. Uh, the drawbacks, besides the uh, small amount of, of estrogen, is uh, the indigestible starch and the high phosphate content. So if, if you use it for a supplement, uh, using it for several days is, is okay, but you don't want to use it as a major part of your diet because of of that high phosphate content unless you uh, okay. take measures to, to balance then, it with calcium. And, and then what about good, are there any good vitamins out there that actually are good? Um, I, I stopped using uh, oral vitamins in the 1970s because uh, I had some extreme allergic reactions to uh, vitamin B2 and uh, uh, folic acid, uh, which being uh, yellow-colored, they're 
absorbers of even visible light, uh, causing uh, chemical reactions to happen. And that means that before you get them into your mouth, they're likely to have been exposed to oxygen and radiation that has uh, activated uh, free radical processes, making uh, them a pretty bad risk for allergy. Okay, well, I think we have uh, three people kind of well, cute. Can I say, w- w- one other question on vitamins. You mentioned magnesium carbonate and calcium carbonate, but if they're less bioavailable, wouldn't your body treat them as toxins too um, if um, they're not uh, as bioavailable? Uh, yeah, in fact, um, the magnesium supplements very often cause migraines and uh, asthma symptoms because of uh, some, probably some contaminant in them. But in your stomach, the stomach acid generally will turn uh, much of the uh, supplement, uh, such as magnesium carbonate, into magnesium chloride, uh, which is instantly absorbed. Gotcha. Okay, okay thank you. Oh, by the way, oh, well, last thing, are you, are you <laughs> blood type B? What was that? Uh, is your blood type blood type B? I don't know my blood type. <laughs> All right, thanks. thanks for your question. Let's get this next call. A call away from, away, uh, what's your question? Hi, I'm from Northern California. I'm 77, and I'm a sustaining member of KMUD, and I love it, and I listen to it almost exclusively, and your show sounds great. Um, I've, I've had some uh, high thyroid issues uh, and been taking my own, um, you know, my own whatever you call it, every day, twice a day, and it goes, you know, between 170 and 144, and then it goes down to 113, and... Um, I was wondering what you think of the, what your approach is to high blood pressure. Do you, how do you feel about, for instance, lisinopril? Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. That's how you That's pronounce it. Yeah. I haven't taken it yet, but yeah. I've been, you know, I have a bottle of it here, and I'm just wondering whether I should do it or not. So don't be uh, high blood pressure, and uh, I know specifically the person's asking about lisinopril, but... Uh, uh, big doses of, of vitamin K often uh, cure it in just a, a week or two, but uh, getting enough calcium in your diet, especially uh, in relation to, to phosphate, uh, calcium and vitamin D are extremely important. Uh, and then if, if you can't do it with, with um, good nutrition then of all the uh, medical uh, approaches that I know of, uh, the uh, angiotensin blockers and the ACE inhibitors are the the safest medical approaches that I know of. And how much vitamin K, thank you, would you recommend? Um, I I know people who lowered their uh, chronically extremely high blood pressure over 200 over 100, um, lowered their, their uh, pressure within a, a week or two uh, down to the normal range by taking right. 30, 30 to 50 milligrams a day and then stopping. 30, uh, 30 to 50? Yeah, milligrams of vitamin K. And that's a vitamin pill, you're saying? Well, no, it's generally a liquid, but I, I know you can get a pill. Oh, it's a liquid, well, okay. Well, the liquid form is what I use, but um, there are obviously tableted versions of it, but uh, Thorne Research does a good uh, one milligram per drop. Actually, now I think there's actually 10 milligram per drop, um, but they do a liquid vitamin K2, which is uh, a supplement that I would recommend most people go find. 
and you take it on an empty stomach or it doesn't, yeah it doesn't, it doesn't really matter it's only a drop or two drops or whatever but if you're t even if you're taking more than that 20 or 30 drops it wouldn't be uh, a problem regardless and can you eat can you eat vitamin k in something also well, it's generated by your gut, but um, in your gut, back, your gut flora generally produce vitamin K. But uh, oh, I see. And then you said calcium also and D. Yeah, uh, calcium and vitamin D. Yeah, they're both. Oh, uh, vitamin D. Yeah, okay. they're intimately uh, related. The D three. Yeah. And how much of that would you suggest? Well, you want about four thousand to six thousand, eight thousand IU. It's very, very different from person to person. If you get your blood drawn, and um, I think the reference range is above thirty nanograms per milliliter or nanograms per deciliter, um, somewhere in the range of fifty is probably better. I think the upper limit is seventy or seventy-five. Uh, and I find people that take two or four thousand a day sometimes they have very low vitamin D labs. Uh, and some people, oh, really? and some people that can take eight or ten or twelve, they still have normal vitamin D. So uh, it's quite important to get your vitamin D tested. It's not an expensive lab, but um, it'll yeah. give you, give you yeah. a good idea of where it is, and then you can get retested in a month or two months and uh, see where you are. So take the K and the calcium um, and the the T3, and mm. I also take a um, thyroid medicine. I had my thyroid removed. Okay. So the right kind of uh, thyroid supplement often lowers the blood pressure. You want to keep your TSH fairly low at the low end of the normal range because TSH okay. itself is responsible for increasing uh, blood pressure. Okay, terrific. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're I'm welcome. Just, I'm looking at this, these med this medicine and I'm just nervous about Getting involved with a you yeah, know. Well, try 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 natural alternatives first and see how they work for you. That's my advice. But uh, and then if you, hopefully you're uh, supporting KMUD financially. <laughs> I, won't I not, am good. I good. am. A, I'm a sustaining member. <laughs> I like, excellent. I would want. I didn't really want to put you on the spot, and you didn't have to. No, answer. no, no. <laughs> I, I I I believe in you know this station. It's great. Yeah, I, awesome. Yeah, listen it all the time thank you so much you're welcome thank you for your call okay the lights are flashing i know there's several people here oh okay he says no even though the lights were flashing i don't know what happened there okay we got I think people are just giving money okay good we got those people calling in got it okay so uh we've got eight minutes to go i wanted just to quickly uh i know we're not going to get through what i had prepared here and perhaps we can just carry on a bit next month but i i like it when the calls come in thick and fast and i know dr pete feels the same way about it but uh he's obviously very able to give plenty of information without really uh, having to answer questions, but I know he and he kind of enjoys it. So I just wanted to mention a couple of uh, things related to SSRIs and uh, articles that are, you know, 20, 2018, uh, so published this year. Um, and this is uh, things like uh, bleeding induced by selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, a case report and review of literature. Uh, that's a 2018 article. Uh, another one here in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, uh, gastrointestinal bleeding risk of SSRI uh, by level of kidney function. So this is people with decreased kidney function have a definite increased risk of bleeding. Um, and anyway, there's t hundreds, hundreds and thousands of articles, you know. Um, so don't just accept what your doctor tells you as being something that's safe for you. Question it. You know, it's your right. It's your right to question what it is you're being told, just like it's your right to question what I'm telling you. I don't expect you to go away and just believe everything I say. Go and find it out for yourself. Um, you know? that, that reminds me, and just last week I've heard from two people that when their, their doctor prescribed a, a certain drug, immediately they started feeling terrible, <laughs> felt, felt like it was killing them. 
And I said, well, why don't you stop it? And, and they both have said, uh, my appointment isn't for two or three weeks yet, and I can't stop it until the doctor takes oh. me off it. Oh, my gosh. So they gave me the doctor, unfortunately, is elevated to such a supernatural position. You know, it's, it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. I don't know if there's anything else. I, I guess priests are probably the only other class of people that, that people would listen to without questioning so much but anyway um all right so the lights are flashing i guess people are calling in so hopefully people are calling in and they're donating uh, the number is 707-923-3911 and uh we need another probably i don't know how many thousand let's say it was 15 when i came on hopefully it's less than that now um please do donate visit the website kmud.org push the red donate button and please donate some money um i also wanted to mention an article dr pete that i looked at um just amongst other articles supporting uh ciproheptadine back in the 60s and uh, the main the main reason for ciproheptadine was because it was an anti-serotonin agent and yet here we are in, in 2018 and you've kind of you've constantly said in the past on radio shows that there's lots of material from the 30s 40s and 50s which has just gotten buried uh, because the advent of modern quote-unquote medicine and the corporate interests that are driving it and steering the ideology behind it have buried it and that, one study found that a small dose of ciproheptadine was effective against um, lymphoma yeah Anyway, okay, uh, I know it's 5-2. I don't think we're going to get time for any more callers, but um, I wanted to uh, hopefully next month uh, question you uh, some more about some of these things that I think people unfortunately just take for granted as as being things that we should take, things like the lipid-lowering drugs. I know we've mentioned statins in the past, and there's plenty of uh, very respectable people uh, campaigning against them. And then the ADD and ADHD drugs, which are basically the amphetamines, and then all the other cardiovascular drugs that uh, people are taking. I mean, that call, last caller there who was uh, being prescribed by Sinopril. I'm not saying she shouldn't take it, but I'm saying that there's plenty that you can do that's alternative to it. So uh, don't just jump into the first drugs you're prescribed. And then other things, Alzheimer's drugs. And I wanted to ask you um, some more about your belief in some of the other things that you've uh, researched over these last four or five decades well thanks so much for your time dr pete and i'll point people to your uh, your website okay thanks okay so dr pete can be uh, reached uh www.raypete.com and uh, fully referenced articles uh, many different subjects and like i said fully referenced um, and he's been spending a long time probably 40 years here doing what he's doing and he's very uh, very purposeful and he's very altruistic and he's not uh, he's not doing it for money, folks, so um, please take a look at his work. And uh, for all those people that are listening at this point in time uh, and who have donated and have pledged, uh, thank you. And for those people who are thinking about it, please get off the fence and push that button, uh, however much it is you decide. that It's all going to add up towards uh, enabling this radio station survival and continuance into 2019. We're probably never going to stop raising money. That's just the nature of being independent. Um, so don't be surprised. And, and sometimes you just have to be careful about the people that you do support. Maybe it's uh, time for you to not support other things and start supporting Kmart in terms of what it is you hear from them. Um, so until October of uh, this year, uh, I'll say goodnight. And we can be reached at uh, com uh, during normal business hours. And uh, thank you for listening until 
October when the clocks roll back. I'll see you then. Enjoy the beautiful fall.